Thank you so much. Don't you love our community? Love Barry and Amy. Don't you love your pastors? Years ago, First Baptist did a door-to-door canvassing project and found out only 18% of the doors they knocked on claimed to go to church. And you know, some of them were lying. <laughs> so I always believe there's, there's room for more churches because there's no active evangelism like planning a church. It's another doorway into the kingdom. There's one way, amen? Many expressions of that way. The Greek word for salvation is sozo, and the Greek word for body is soma. If you experience sozo, you need to follow that up by becoming part of a soma. And the, the word body means an instrument for expressing life. And your human body is your instrument for expressing your life. And when you die, your instrument dies, but you don't die. You cease expressing your life in this dimension. If someone dead is visiting you, you need prayer. Uh, because to express life in this dimension, they need a body to do it. I was excited to hear that another church was being planted. I didn't know we would be this close for this season, however long this is anyway. And the Lord bless you with this building and beyond. Let's just read a word of prayer, Lord. I just thank you for this opportunity. I ask, Lord, that you would use me to be an encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. In 1983, I graduated from Bible college and was on fire to do something great for God. And so, I started a church. Now, shortly after getting out of Bible college, before I started the church, it's not this one. It didn't work. Anyway, but before I made that fleshly attempt to fulfill God's will in my strength, I visited someone in the woods of East Texas. My brother-in-law and sister were pastoring a church in Kirbyville. And my brother-in-law one day when we were visiting them said, Hey, I want you to meet this artist. He lives up here in Jasper. And so on the way there, he said he, he has a prophetic gift, and he paints baptistry scenes all over this part of the country. You've seen the old school baptistries with scenery painted in the back. His scenery, he just paints out of his heart. Sometimes he'll paint flowers that only grow in the Holy Land. Whoa. Whoa. So we went to visit this old man and had some good time of fellowship. And he looked at me and says, I see you with books around you. I said, right on, right on. I just got out of Bible college. He said, no, that's the past. This is the future. God has a whole lot more for you to learn. <laughs> okay. Then he said, here, let me give you this painting. Now, this was what was weird about him. Uh, along his driveway, I think it was a gravel driveway, he had several paintings just leaning up against rocks and stumps. And he just randomly picked one up, I thought and gave it to me, and it was a picture of a cluster of hills with kind of a dip in them, and this winding road that goes towards those hills, and it was called the trail. I guess we could rename it the way today, but anyway. So I brought it home, and we hung it in our bedroom, and whenever we had time to talk about stuff other than raising our small children, we'd say, where are we at on the trail, you know? And so we wound up starting the church in Irving, it was going to be the first church of any kind in Las Colinas, and Two and a half years later, I swallowed my pride and shut it down and said, I'm never going to try that again. 
Well, then I got depressed. I was a loser. To make a long story short, in the, in the wake of that difficulty, had another visit with my sister and brother-in-law, and my sister gave me a book by Gordon MacDonald called Ordering Your Private World. It was a book on journaling. Back then, they didn't have pretty journals. Had accounting books that you could get, or spiral-bound notebooks, and so this was one of those tall, legal-sized accounting books with just, you know, line pages. And I began to write my prayers, write my thoughts, make out my prayer lists. If I was impressed with steps of action, I would write down my, my steps of action. I would take them to church with me. And so it wasn't long until I had probably three of them working on my fourth one when the Lord opened the door to work at this new church that was getting going in Granbury. At the time, I was involved at Shade Grove Church in children's ministry, and so they asked us to come serve in children's ministry here. And so I had learned some things. And I have those books with me today. My children will inherit those, those journals one day. And I wouldn't take anything for them. They don't supersede scripture. They're scriptural. And I would take them to church with me and make notes and prayers and poetry and write songs and put them in there and all kinds of other stuff. So it's just very personal. And it was life-changing. It helped secure what God was revealing to me. You know, if God's going to speak to your heart and you don't write it down, are you really going to stick with it? And why should he speak to your heart if he knows, you know, you're, you're a bag full of holes? Maybe you've got a photographic memory and you're doing great. Well, then hallelujah. God bless you. But in our day and time, we really have no excuse. Now we've got really nice journals you can buy. We even have smartphones you can journal on. Just make sure you secure that data somewhere other than your phone, because these things do crash, they do break, they do get stolen, and then all that wisdom, words of wisdom, that's what, you know, God unfolds things to us, and we write them down. And so it's important to make notes from, from preaching as to how it applies to our life. So that's my pitch for journaling. Please do it. I'm not selling journals or anything like that, but I believe in it. It's so important. So important. And maybe... Maybe you tried it in the past and you stopped. Get that thing out again. I'm not trying to put guilt on anyone, but just make the effort, you know, every now and then to, to do it again. And I tell you, when you're depressed, it's it's you really yeah. need to do it. Because as you're journaling, the Lord will lead you to make a list of things to be thankful for. Before you know it, you realize why in the world am I feeling like this? This is just a bunch of lies. One day I was at my lowest. And to bring comfort to my heart, the Lord spoke to me about three grandchildren we would have and gave brief descriptions of them. And it was to uh, just, I guess, just encourage me that, that everything wasn't over, that I did have a future, and one day I would begin to have grandchildren. Well, I completely forgot about that. And the day before, we dedicated our first grandchild. I remembered it, and I dug it out. And there was descriptions of three of them. Today we got all three. It's just, it's just a while. It's just a while. I'm not one of these people where God comes to my house every day and we have coffee and I have visions all the time. I just don't. And I don't put down people that do that. You know, if it lines up with the Word, man, thank God for it. You're blessed. 
But me, I'm just a regular, regular guy who uh, writes things down, and it helps. Uh, I've even used sketchbooks, you know, graph paper. And for like nine months, I was journaling sketches of floor plans for churches. So I got up with one that I liked, and then we presented it to the congregation, and they gave their input, and then we presented that small stack of papers to an architect, and he drew our floor plan. And then we presented it to the congregation again, and got some more input back to the architect, and that's the church we have today. So it just relates to journaling. And so Pastor Barry does keep writing those dreams down. Keep, keep drawing stuff, and, and uh, you may think this is silly. This is it's not. God gave us the ability to dream, yeah. ability to draw, yeah. and so what I'm here to speak on today is a particular way to journal, a particular way to meditate on Scripture. I learned this from Barry Jenkins, who is a licensed Foursquare minister here in Granbury, and he currently is the chaplain or the pastor. At the estates, there's a retirement center on the lake, not too far from here, behind Chili's, and they have a chapel. And he is the pastor. He's not salaried. Uh, he has income from other places, but that's where he serves. So I learned this from him, and he learned it from the ministry of New Hope Church in Oahu, Hawaii. Pastor Wayne Cadero. I think they have campuses on all the all the Hawaiian islands and. They even market it. They sell journals for this. And they have assigned scriptures to read every day, and you journal as you as you read. I'm not quite so organized. I just learned the approach called the SOAP approach. I learned it and do it when I can. If you do it daily, it's great because the wisdom you glean accumulates. It's a way to meditate on the Word that will help the Word go in your heart more deeply. There are other methods. This is just one way. It's not the way. This church is the way, but <laughs> Jesus is the way. Would you like to enjoy spiritual growth? If so, journaling is a great way to go. A way to meditate on Scripture, the soap approach. As we read the Bible individually, one can begin to see how God thinks and operates. Practicing biblical meditation can change the way we think and operate. So we see how he thinks and change the way we think. Such spiritual practices will transform our attitudes and change our lives for the better. A good way to meditate on the scriptures is by using a notebook for writing down any thoughts perceived or received while reading the scriptures. Often called journaling, this is an excellent way to both record and process what God has spoken and is speaking as we read his word. Such notes can be useful tools to use at a later time for reviewing some of the life-changing insights we have received and for sharing them with others. In the following is a strategy for biblical meditation that is based on Psalm 119, verse 9, which says, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Now, when we cleanse our bodies, we use, what do we use? Soap, right? So it's the same concept here. Using the word soap as an acrostic, this approach is an easy thing to do for taking heed to God's word that will cleanse our way. So S stands for scripture, O stands for observation, 
A stands for application. P stands for prayer. Open your Bible and read one chapter or more. Find a quiet place to do this. It could be in your car on, your, on, the, on the parking lot before you leave for, for work or leave to go in or leave to go home. Take your time in order to allow God to speak to you. Now, you're not looking for a verse. You're just reading. Take your time. When you're done, read it again. And this time, look for a verse or cluster of verses or even a fragment of a verse that speaks to you the most. It could be a chapter you've read before, but each day is a new day. The blessed Lord are new every day. And there will be a different verse that will speak to you more clearly than the others. Write that verse in your journal beside the letter S. So that is your S for your scripture. Write it out word for word. Copy. Copy copy it out. Alright? Then comes your observation, which really is a paraphrase. What do you think God is saying in the scripture? Now, you, now, now you've written the scripture. It's separated from all the other scriptures. And it's just there on your piece of paper or your notebook or journal. Then you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and reveal Jesus to you from that verse. And then you write the verse down again in your own words beside the letter O. Your observation is your paraphrase. If you're a hillbilly, you know, and and the verse is, For God so loved the world, you may write, God really loves y'all. Write it out in your own words. You're not writing a new Bible. You're just applying it to your heart. Then comes A for application. Go ahead and write the big letter A. In fact, I, I kind of start out with all the letters, but you may not want to do that because you may need more space. Personalize what you have read by asking yourself how it applies to your life right now. Perhaps it is instruction, encouragement, fresh understanding of a promise, or correction or corrections for a particular area of your life. Now write how this scripture applies to you today in your journal beside the letter A. I have seen people write lists. <laughs> uh, I have seen, one time I saw a wife begin to cry while she's writing down because she was so convicted of how she had been treating her husband. Uh, in the past, during our membership class, I would end the class with this very lesson and have them do it. And I would assign them to read James chapter 3, which is all about the power of the tongue. My reason for that is if people are new members, they haven't perceived God's concern with the words we speak. And they've come from another church where there's been a lot of discord, yang, 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 whatever. Uh, they could bring that into our church. So anyway, that was kind of a self-serving motive, I guess. But. And then one day, I had a dear person. I mean, I, I even saw it work with unbelievers. But this one particular class, this person just couldn't do it. It was very embarrassing for them, and they felt exposed. Needless to say, they didn't join the church. So it's not part of the membership class anymore. So. So you've written down your scripture word for word. You've written down your observation in your own words after praying, Lord, reveal this verse to me. And where is Jesus in this? How does this relate to him? 
You know, it's not Christ-centered. You're, you're missing the message of the Bible anyway. Then you've written down your application. So you, you reread each thing. As you add a new component, you reread what you've read. Then you pray, Lord, help me to obey the word like this. And you write down a prayer. This could be as simple as asking God to help you use and obey this scripture. Or it might be, Lord, help me to understand this more, you know, greater insight into what he may be revealing to you. And remember, prayer is a two-way conversation, so be sure to listen to what God has to say. And then begin writing your prayer down in your journal beside the letter B. And I always end with Amen. And then sometimes I give it a title at the top. And that is my journal. And trust me, when you do that, it may take 20 minutes. When you do that, that verse sticks with you all day long. It just does, without working. You're not working, there's no sweat, you've just taken, you've made, you've made time to do this. That's the only work, making time. But I don't have time. Well, make time. When you were in love, you made time. How do I get started? Well, you need three things, a Bible, a pen, and a notebook. If you have the Bible on your phone, you can actually do that. And it's, you know, when you find your verse, you can actually copy and paste it into your notebook on your phone. Well, you do that, I do that, but be careful that you, do, you don't miss out on the benefit of writing. Yeah. Yeah. Writing word for word really is powerful. And so, just be careful with that. When should I journal? It is a good idea to set aside a certain time in your schedule each day and find a quiet place where you won't be distracted. It's not important when you do your devotions, but that you make it a very important part of your day, as daily as possible. For morning people, it's a great way to start your day. For others, it's a 20-minute plus lunchtime appointment with the Lord in His Word. For night owls, I'm married to a night owl, it can be a final act of the day, a time to quiet their minds and hear God's voice before a good night's sleep. If you do this, it will infect your affect, infect your day for a good thing. Now, then if you do it the next day, and the next day, and the next day, you're going to progress spiritually. You just are. That's the power of the word. Well, where do I start? Well, I recommend Proverbs. 31 chapters, one for every day of the, of the month. So whatever day it is, start on that day. Or the book of James. It's been called the Proverbs of the New Testament. Or anywhere, write down stuff. Well, journaling like this will impact your will without you even focusing on self-will. It, it'll renew your mind. It's not like I'm going to renew my mind today. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to do some soap today. Pastor Bill, Elm Grove Assembly of God. Bill Sanders, does this. Now he does all the verses in a chapter at a time. He's a pastor. He's got time. I can't even begin to compare to that. You know, his church is in the middle of nowhere. And he's got 5,000 Twitter followers. 5,000. Because he's writing his soap down and Twittering them. The revelation he gets from soap. He's, obviously you're limited to 140 characters, but the revelation he gets for that day when he does this, he Twitters it. And Elm Grove Assembly of God has a pastor with 5,000 Twitter followers. So, um, I'm, I'm not a Twitterer, so it doesn't 
it's not causing me any consternation that that lady has. If we had time, we could do it today. Go ahead and open it. What I envision in my imagination is, uh, obviously, today you're getting fed. Tomorrow you're going to get fed. You wake up Monday morning, January 11th, and you open to Proverbs 11. And there it is for you, right there. Read it. And then read it again. And then go back and look for a verse that speaks to you the most. And write that verse out, word for word. And then pray. And say, Lord, show me how this relates to my walk with Jesus. And then rewrite the verse in your own words. And then pray, Lord, how does this apply to my life? Why is this standing out to me? And write that out. And then pray for God to give you the strength, the insight, more understanding, grace to obey. And then write out a prayer. Amen. And I didn't give you room, but if you discern a title from it, put a title on it. And then you've done On the back, I went ahead and did it yesterday. The verse that spoke to me the most after reading it three times was verse 4. And the reason I read it three times is I didn't think that would speak to me, but it really did. It says, Riches, this is word for word in the New King James Version, Proverbs 11.4. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers delivers from death. So, I thought about it. How does, how does this affect my life? There's Jesus in this. And then I wrote it out of my own words. And here's what my paraphrase said. It's kind of like the message Bible. Money cannot buy us everything, nor can our wealth purchase us eternal life at the time of judgment. However, our being right with God assures us of what we need for that day. Therefore, we can see that having riches is not as important as being righteous. And, and where is Jesus in that? He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. The earthly riches you have, eventually, you won't have them anymore because you'll be gone. Yeah. Somebody else will have them. Yeah. So here's my application. I wrote, I must remember that having a genuine relationship with God based on His imputed righteousness. You know, we've been made righteous and our lives are not to earn that but to reflect that. I must remember that having a genuine relationship with God based on His imputed righteousness is far more important than all the best possessions anyone could possibly have, including unlimited finances and worldly fame, which are only temporary and can be lost, stolen, consumed, or destroyed, based on the longevity of eternal things that God enables us to have, it is easy to understand what true riches really are. The truth of this is illustrated in the fact that hearses do not normally come with trailer hitches and luggage racks. 
you want to see something funny, Google hearse pulling U-Haul. And there's actually a couple pictures of that happening. Very funny. And then my prayer is, Lord, I thank you for making me right in your sight. By forgiving me for all my sinning and also crediting me with your very own righteousness. I realize how very valuable this blessing is to me and how it will pay off for eternal good on Judgment Day. Help me to live a life that reflects what you have given so freely and abundantly. May earth's temporal riches, whether plentiful or not, never distract from the importance of the righteousness you have already given to all true believers. In your priceless name, I never ended a prayer with that book like that before. In your priceless name, amen. amen. Therefore, I'm a very rich man. And it's not dependent on this. <laughs> so, when I got done, I had a new sense of thankfulness. A new sense of appreciation. And so it affected my day. You know, if you're grumpy or unthankful, or not living in light of the righteousness God has given you, you're going to lose some joy. I hope this is a help to you. Thank you so much. Thank you.